Bulapinaka, everybody, and welcome back to my podcast, Digressions of the Fijian. I'm your host, Isabella, and it's so great to have you back. Over the last few days, I've been having conversations between friends and colleagues of mine about the possibility of creating or setting up a network of human resources, you could say, within our Fijian community here in the UK, who come from different professional backgrounds, whether it be uh, what would be considered a white-collar industry or trade skills as a way to bring together our colleagues collective expertise to find solutions for recurring issues that we have within our community. For example, housing, um, resettlement issues, jobs, even visas, which is like one of the major issues that we tend to face as a community. Or we could also use um, this pool of human resources that we bring together as a way to assist in realizing or conceptualizing our startup plans, you know, startup businesses or aspirations that we have. So in today's episode, I'm going to be talking to someone who does exactly this and has just recently become um, the director of operations. So I hope you enjoy this episode and uh, sit back and enjoy. Welcome back, everybody. And as I'd mentioned earlier, I have a guest with me for today's episode. Now, our guest today is Salonieta Tamanikaiwamuro, who is an international lawyer and is also the director of operations of Credo Global. Credo Global is a UK-based think tank, which is part of a UK charity called Newsite International. Um, the think tank was recently launched at Astral Center in Berlin, and um, without going too much into it, I'll let Sala introduce herself and tell you more about uh, her journey into coming in as the Director of Operations, Director of Operations of Creative Global, and also just uh, about her faith and how it has uh, done amazing things for herself. Uh, welcome, Sala. Thank you. Thank you, Bella. It's a privilege to be here. Hi, everybody. I hope you're having a good day, whatever you're doing and that everything's going well with you, with your families, with your work, or if you're at home, uh, with, with your children. So um, my name is uh, Salanieta Tamanika Wemero, as Bella mentioned, but I prefer to be called Sala. So if you see me on the streets, just come say hello. And um, so that's the Sala that you see uh, in public, but uh, the Sala that's um, that most people don't see is um, one whose uh, faith is rooted in uh, God and um, without sounding religious I just want to say that um, if I were to choose to be defined by something it would be that I'm a daughter of the Most High God and uh, it is knowing Him as my Father as my Abba Father that gives me strength, especially in times of uh, crisis, in times of joy, in times of jubilation, in times of sorrow. Uh, for instance, uh, most people don't know this, but I recently finished um, uh, 13 bouts of very harsh chemotherapy treatment, 
which um, I was able to go through uh, through the strength and the grace that God provided and through the support of my uh, family and particularly my uh, church community and I'm very grateful to God for that and um, yeah it's a privilege to be here so um, Credo Global um, was uh, it started as it started with a word that came from God because it was um, our, our leader in our community um, had a vision and he saw an image and uh, he approached um, Rebecca Crosby who's the current managing director of uh, Credo Global and myself and that's when we started putting shapes on paper and um, yeah and we took it back to him and he said yes that sounds right and um, we were sent into it and we got launched in Berlin as Bella mentioned. Um, so Credo Global is, is a think tank and at the heart of uh, Credo Global is people and Credo Global really is about um, empowering people, individuals, communities, whether they're children, whether they are young people, men or women, uh, vulnerable groups, marginalized groups, forgotten communities uh, so we come alongside to empower them yeah it's interesting that you um, mentioned about being launched in berlin uh, and by the did you say that it's part of the, the charity yes so let me explain that so new side international was registered in 1989 right so the same year the berlin wall fell very good bella yes uh, so it was actually really meaningful and significant yeah. that we launched it in Berlin within the margins of uh, the UNIGF uh, at the anniversary of the fall of the Berlin Wall. Because um, that's what needs to happen. Walls need to come down. Walls of division, walls of hatred, walls of bitterness. And that yeah. sort of ties into like almost like the values and absolutely. the ethos of what Credo Global is Absolutely, about. because the values and the ethos of who we are as um, Credo Global is primarily based on uh, the Word of God, which is uh, the Bible, yeah. and the, and it is eternal. It is fresh. It is alive. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It's real. It's more real than what we see with the naked and with our naked eyes. And even though it's uh, faith-based, is it primarily only for those in the Christian faith? No, it's not. And it's a very good uh, question, Bella. In fact, um, we work closely with um, uh, people and individuals whom we feel led to work with, whether they're Muslims, whether they are Buddhist. It uh, doesn't really matter uh, what their affiliation is, as long as they share the same values as us in terms of having a heart for people, heart for uh, development. So some of the things that we do um, within the think tank, we, we have uh, capacity building initiatives, um, we have training and mentoring. Uh, what do you mean by capacity building initiatives? So before the startup uh, think tank was launched, uh, Rebecca Crosby and I, we have a combined uh, experience uh, of um, expertise in the areas that Credit Global is currently launching into. And so uh, Rebecca's done training for parliaments uh, here in uh, the UK, uh, the Welsh Parliament with the BBC, for instance. 
uh, done training with the um, organizations in Fiji like in Samoa and uh, within Asia Pacific public policy officials um, we've had the legislative framework and drafting uh, experience you know and um, in terms of innovation in the past we've had we've run initiatives like youth tech camps in a time where in the Pacific uh, mobile apps were primarily um, brought in from Hong Kong or from uh, India and that sort of thing yeah. and we ran social experiments where children were able to build and develop apps yeah. alongside uh, experienced coders great. so things also, like that yeah, I mean it's great also having that Absolutely. To absolutely, we live in a information uh, economy, and it's uh, where borders are are being reduced. We live in a global borderless world, yeah. and uh, to be able to be relevant, we have to be able to empower our children and our people and our communities with the equipment or with the knowledge or with the capacity to be functional. Whether this is uh, using ICT to leverage their businesses yeah. or to leverage content yeah. or to tell our stories um, and that sort of thing. But quite aside from that, we also do things like um, public policy development, uh, legislative framework and drafting, um, bespoke training and coaching and trend analysis and feature casting. So for instance, um, if there are issues the Fijian communities uh, face, which um, are directly related to public policy by the council or by the UK government, then we can come alongside existing organizations um, that currently do work in this area, uh, in which some of the, the community members are a part of, to um, customize the, the approach in terms of the advocacy approach, which will require like trend analysis. Mm-hmm. Utilizing the network that you have uh, in terms of uh, access to certain spaces that absolutely individuals might not necessarily have access into. Absolutely, and that's the power of collaboration because isolated we are alone, but together we have synergy. Yeah. And uh, often um, we like to encourage people to collaborate and to not to be afraid to draw um, draw from resources outside of themselves, outside of their communities, outside of what they're used to or what they're familiar with. You had asked me, Bella, how I got into this. Yes, I was, um, how did you, let's actually go back to the beginning, the genesis of it all, if you must say, because um, you always wanted to work Ever since I was a kid, you know how you grow up in Fiji, you go to Sunday school and youth groups, right? And um, well, I've always been taught that as a part of something that was always bigger than myself, and um, which is primarily people. And my father has had a huge influence in terms of um, um, my love for people. And um, I, I can remember very early on as a kid uh, visiting communities, uh, visiting his friends where he would literally 
uh, share the gospel like on a Sunday afternoon and and I'm coming along just for free roti you know yeah. uh, just kidding although I did get the free roti too <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah and I've always loved people but growing up in Fiji and living through the different coup d'etats like I've seen the systemic uh, issues that affect the economy, that affect uh, the cultural um, aspects of living in Fiji. Like there was a time I remember, I never thought, I there was a point in time I, I didn't know the difference between a Fijian, like a, a person of indigenous heritage and a person of Indian heritage, until the coup happened. And then I realized, oh my God, there is a difference, you know, because these kids were not taught race, were not taught color. And um, so growing up, like seeing all these things, and as always a, a thinker, and and I've always deeply thought about issues. And so uh, my first uh, involvement with the think tank was in 2011 when I set up Pacifica Nexus, yeah. and it was this year that I gave it away uh, to um, uh, Mr. Sunya Lakokina Kimber, who is its new executive director. And Pacific Nexus is a think tank that's incorporated out of Fiji. But in terms of um, my love for justice uh, and that sort of thing, I was actually an engineering student, Bella. Nice. Yeah, I was an, an, believe it or not, I was an engineering student. And um, changed that. Yeah, so you know the coup happened. The second coup happened, mm -hmm. or should I say the third? Well, well, let's say the second coup happened. 2000. The 2000 coup happened, and um, I remember swimming in the pool, coming out of the pool, the USP pool, walking to 8th Hall, when I, we heard gunshots. Boo, 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 boo. Sorry, sound <laughs> effects. Typical Fijian storytelling story sound effects. Yes, and um, yeah, there was immediate curfew, and uh, we all got sent home. And then I had a hard rethink and I was going through things in my life at the time and I felt like and the following year I felt like I needed to quit university I wanted to quit university I wanted to do something meaningful with my life like join youth with a mission because I remember growing up in church and having a very uh, uh, being surrounded by missionaries or going to mission camps and praying for missionaries and hearing these stories always used to fascinate me so I wanted to be a missionary not to mention I'd made God a promise as a kid that if he took away my nightmares as a kid I'd be a missionary but I remember no pressure, no pressure. but I remember um, the elders in church and uh, this is Lamy gospel by the way um, Uncle Roger my dad and uh, all the other elders they came around me and they said um, we feel we feel that you need to go and pray yeah. and ask God for clarity. We don't feel that you're called to go to missions uh, to YWAM. We feel like you're called to have a trade, meaning like a profession, because uh, there are lots of countries where they send missionaries to, which were not receiving missionaries without trade. And so I asked them, what trade? They said, well, go pray about it, sell and come back. So I went very fortunate because uh, my elders are like they are either my they were you know my father and my uncles like 
not physically related but you know like i grew up trusting them so you know when they spoke i just listened right yeah. so i went out three days i went prayed and waited on god and he gave me two scriptures don't ask me what books they're from i can't remember exactly but i, I can google to look it up but one of them said seek justice for the oppressed defend the fatherless and the widow the second uh, scripture that i got was when god was stopping paul from going into asia minor and he rerouted him and the holy spirit wanted him not to go into asia minor and he said i closed the doors to asia i've opened the doors to europe and this was how many years ago was this that would have been in uh, 2001 no 2000 to at uh, the tail end of 2000 but the beginning of 2001 so almost actually 2000 so almost 20 years ago oh god yes <gasps> yes oh lord yeah so the first one when i when i took both the words to the elders they said yes it resounds with our spirit so they laid hands on me and released me into the the two prophetic words and they sent me into it so that's how i did law i switched from engineering to law and uh, god just gave a uh, tremendous capacity and clarity uh to understand the complexities or of law he just made it really simple put it that way but and he, i can't boast about it because it's a grace that god gave because when he calls he equips when he equips he empowers and he sends right so it's all god so he takes the credit now the second prophetic word came to pass last year in paris um yeah it took uh, 19 years and is it um, I know it's taken 19 years, but is it something that you've sort of waited on or did did it like when it happened, it reminded you of uh, plans that you sort of set in motion when you changed to law, the law profession? So I can't take credit for it. Because I remember I'd just been diagnosed at the time with Hodgkin's. I just finished having two invasive surgeries. And in all honesty, I was ready to retire and wait to die, right? Um, and so the thing that I went to Paris for was a UN meeting. And as a member of the multi-stakeholder advisory group at the time, and I was facilitating two main sessions, lost my luggage. And so here were two women who flew from Cardiff out of Wales. They were sent from New Zealand International to come and meet me and they brought clothes and a Bible and um, at the time they came I was in a state of uh, I, I was going through a lot of uh, trauma confusion um, in Fijian there's a word you know I was just wild and reckless but God in his mercy uh, would send uh, his people to come and minister to me. And as we sat in some random restaurant, it was kind of like Messi, you know, the football player Messi, how he signed a contract on a survey. As we sat across the table from each other, I felt like all the prophetic words spoken over my life as a kid just began to lock in the spirit in front of me. I saw it. I literally saw like bolts just <laughs> zoom and just connect above my head and that's how I knew that um, that's how I knew that 
I can't explain it. I just knew I was supposed to be in United Kingdom. Anyway, don't ask me how, but it's just a knowing. In terms of the physical, the capacity to come, uh, in all honesty, like I said, I was ready to retire, right? Right, I yeah. didn't have the financial means to come. I mean, I'm from Fiji, the bush. Things are not easy. Yeah. Like I, I, I do work to pay the bills. Yeah. And then I watch Netflix and relax, right? <laughs> but uh, God called. And within six months, I was in Cardiff. Right. And uh, yeah, I've been a private uh, patient paying for my treatment. Thank God I've finished and completed my entire... Treatment. that's amazing yeah and do whilst i was uh completing my treatment you see god is really wise he doesn't send the sickness but he allowed it to happen so he could prophetically hijack my journey to to change my trajectory to come here because there's no way sala would have come on her own yeah. you, you know what i mean volunteer i love fiji too much right. uh, you know i love my people I mean, I travel all the time for work in the past, but to leave Fiji, no. But isn't it interesting that he had to give that word 20 years ago, so that 20 years later, the Sala uh, then wouldn't be able to rationalize or to try to figure things out logically or to overthink it, but to trust that God had already spoken and that this was the manifestation. So when I came and I, be, I became part of the community here uh, within the United Kingdom, I got prayed, prophesied over, uh, counseled, built, mentored, nurtured, and I'm still being nurtured. But I began to understand my destiny and my purpose. And part of it is uh, Credo Global and setting up the think tank. So it, like I said, it started with a word that God gave uh, for and so we set it up and uh, and ever since we've just been open to seeing how God uh, builds it and we open doors for me yeah it's open doors for me I mean here I was thinking I was gonna retire but God has, has other plans so yeah he's just so faithful he's sovereign he's amazing never left my side and just to uh, let you know uh, within the few um, Rebecca Crosby who's the managing director of Credo Global she's a human development expert um, been in the field for more than 30 years working across Africa South America the US the UK and Europa she's an incredible amazing uh, woman she also runs uh, uh, the women's group, uh, the women's group within Newside International, which is called Accord. So, if you're on Facebook, feel free to follow Accord on Facebook. Uh, and Credit Global also is on uh, Facebook, and you can follow it on Credit Global. Right. So, just sort of bring us back to what Credit Global is about, and the, um, in terms of like you know, like you mentioned, um, one thing you mentioned was the legislative framework and drafting, and um, you know the bespoke training and coaching, uh, training and mentoring, public policy development. Even um, how um, specifically for the Fijian community, what are some of the things that uh, Credo Global would be able to help us with? So one of the things um, 
one of the things we can do is uh, we come alongside uh, individuals, uh, organizations, community groups, um, and depending on what the needs are. So for example, with individuals, we can facilitate uh, incubating startups or business advisory services uh, to help grow uh, an idea into a business opportunity that is global. So to take something local and make it global, that's one. And uh, the other thing is also uh, empowerment for men, empowerment for women and children. We have um, all kinds of initiatives going. And um, if anyone wants to get in touch with us, they can uh, leave a message on our Facebook, on our Credit Global Facebook. And we also do uh, trainings for executive committees. Uh, for communities. Remember, um, I had mentioned that we had launched it in Berlin yeah. 30 years after the Berlin Wall fell. And so there are walls of division that exist from time to time. And sometimes they can be, those walls can uh, surface from either uh, differences in opinion or different uh, methodologies. For whatever reasons, um, or discrimination and that sort of thing but to get to where we need to go will require a level of collaboration and oneness that can't be concocted in the natural or artificially it has to be something that's birthed in the spirit and uh, infused eh, with the word and so for that to happen walls need to come down and uh, walls of um, crisis in identity uh, disempowerment mocking voices that try to uh, tell us that we're inferior because we're from a tiny country or we're inferior because we're black or because our hair is not blonde things like that but to recognize that every person has value regardless of rank status occupation that every person is significant every person has potential every person has a gift and to come alongside the communities to be able to help them um, fulfill their God-given uh, potential and destiny and uh, ultimately take us to the finish. Oh, that's amazing. Um, with, you know, like um, Credo Global being predominantly based in Cardiff, if we were to access um, your assistance in sort of facilitating training in training for uh, certain workshops that we'd like to do uh, within our community do we need to be in Cardiff no like for those of us who live you know because uh, you you understand how with the Fijian communities we're we're dotted you know geographically all over the place all over the place in, in England um, in Scotland and some camps in Wales as well um, how do we come to you or are you able to sort of um, facilitate these requests for assistance uh, in areas where a majority of us might be able to go to? The latter. So uh, we're able to do both uh, training in Cardiff and also go to where the needs are. If they're, you know, whether, wherever they may be, whether it's Inverness or in York, wherever the majority would like to congregate or where it's more attainable 
to facilitate the workshops eh? so that's something we're able to do but all within means eh? and uh, we have to be led to as well to hear from God in terms of timing but we certainly opening uh, open to coming alongside the community to facilitate this training because it is the season to be free and the season for every individual every family every community to touch the length width breadth height and depth of their god-given potential and activate it eh? so that um, not only will they feel empowered and be fully functional full of purpose full of meaning but that the children are able to thrive marriages are able to thrive uh, relationships uh, you know uh, restored and healed and that people can uh, and even in in families where they might be struggling financially struggling to make ends meet coming alongside to identify uh, innovation uh, potential for innovation potential to activate uh, giftings to bring revenue and that sort of thing so that they're empowered that's amazing so is there anything else that you'd like to add to this that you'd like the community to know about or um, just just something that um, parting words yes <laughs> thank you Bella so um, uh, my parting words to you would be this if you forget everything I said uh, so far that you remember this that you are special and um, you are on God's mind 24-7. In fact, if you read Psalms 139, you will see that it says in his word that he knows every hair on your head. He knows every tear that you've cried. He knows when you stand, when you sit. And there's no place you can go where you can hide. Uh, you know, There's a scripture that says, even if I were to hide under the cloud of darkness, but still you'd be there. And so you are significant to god and because you're significant to god you matter and so in credo global one of our um, the philosophies that we embed deeply within our the core of our organization is hashtag people first because you matter thank you so much salah for coming onto our podcast today um you know it's been enlightening and um it's I've really enjoyed being able to speak to you um, both on the podcast and off and off as well um, with regards to your work that you're doing here. And I really hope that we continue to have, have these conversations. Uh, for those of you who would like to get in touch, Salah, would you like to share uh, ways that they can get in touch with you with regards to social media handles or email addresses? Certainly. So um, our website is www dot credoglobal.org credo is c-r-e-d-o-c-r-e-d-o-g-l-o-b-a-l dot o-r-g so credoglobal.org and on facebook you can find us we're credo global so that's two words credo one word second one global we're also on instagram as global credo but i'm sure everyone's on facebook so if you add us on facebook and send us a message we'd love to hear from you yeah, there's no project that's too small or too big. You matter. So just get in touch. And yeah. Thank you again for joining us and uh, looking forward to sharing another podcast with you in the future. Thanks again, everyone, for joining us for this podcast. Uh, it's 
been great having you all here and hearing from Salah as mentioned. Um, if you'd like more information on what we've shared about on this podcast or any of the previous podcasts, feel free to contact me through social media on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. You can search for me on the social media handles Fijian in the UK. Uh, you could email me on Fijian in the UK at gmail.com or also you could subscribe and share this content with your friends and family. Nakavakalebu and I hope to have you back for our next podcast.